Hello, arcane babes and all listeners, if you don't want to be called a babe, <laughs> but uh, you're probably a babe if you like this podcast. Babes come in all shapes and sizes and genders. And I am drinking Baileys in my morning coffee as I record this. So Merry Christmas. Morning is a stretch. It is 12, 19 p.m. as we speak. Anyway, Alyssa and I were laughing this week because we realized we did not discuss the pagan celebration of Yule on the podcast before it occurred. Obviously, when we're recording main episodes, it is a week in advance, so sometimes we we drop the ball on timing. But when it comes to these mini solo episodes, we're usually recording and editing all on the same day that they get posted. So it led me to start thinking about what I wanted to talk about this week, and I was like, you know what? I am going to focus on Saturnalia, which is an ancient Roman festival centered around the winter solstice, just as many of these Christmas-related celebrations are. I myself am mainly Italian, so as I dive a little bit deeper into those roots and traditions, I thought it would be cool to talk about this holiday in specific and how it kind of relates to what we think of as pagan Yule today. So let's take it back to truly ancient times, right? Before any of the cultural labels that we have today were really thought about, when you are living off the land, and that is your marker for life and death and everything in between, of course, that is your God, right? That is your higher power. And I carry that belief with me today. I think we owe everything to our earth and and we need to take care of it and work in sync with it as best we can. Anyway, what's happening when we're shifting to winter? We've harvested crops. The land is slowing down, preparing us for this sense of introspection, staying close to home and using the resources we have. Things aren't blooming. Creativity is not flowing. We are focusing on getting by with what we've already worked hard for. And those themes are very grounding and important today as well, especially if you struggle with the calendar year coming to an end or seasonal depression that gets worse in the winter. So that's great. But now we're talking about the Romans. Why are they creating an extra celebration and calling it Saturnalia? Well, the Roman god of agriculture is named Saturn. So that's where the name came from. And during Saturnalia, which was always around the time of the winter solstice, but it ended up getting pinned to beginning on the date of December 17th. A lot of sources report that they would celebrate till around the 23rd. I'm speaking from my own knowledge, but I'm fact-checking myself with the book Italian Witchcraft by Raven Grimassi, as well as goodoldhistory.com. Saturnalia was a time to truly focus on all you've been through in that year and celebrate yourselves and just break routine. I think the mundane monotony of what we have to do becomes super apparent in winter. So I love this idea of like, all right, winter's coming. Let's give ourselves this one last hurrah. So businesses are closed. No one's working. Schools, courts are closed, right? The biggest theme in Saturnalia was that social patterns and normal roles that everyone held were suspended and kind of flipped on their heads. So just like me, in enjoying my morning coffee on my couch instead of taking it to go and running to work or to do errands. The Romans weren't going to work in the morning. They were going out to gamble, to play music, 
they were feasting from morning to night, giving each other gifts. Even enslaved people did not have to work during this festival. They got to participate in all the same things. A quote from History.com here, In some cases, they sat at the head of the table while their masters served them. I find that really interesting and almost like a lesson to learn from, because this was seen as the greatest time of year, much like it is today. And even back then, there was such a fabricated sense of society, what you do, what you're allowed to do, what you're supposed to do, to the point where they didn't realize they could incorporate some of these practices like, I don't know, not enslaving people into the rest of their year. So that's a little bit about what it was, you know, rowdy, hectic, kind of a big party that lasted about a week. Let's talk about how similar it is to what we conceptualize as Yule today. It was common to decorate your home with wreaths, greenery, wear deep jewel-toned clothes like red and green, and very common gifts were candles because they symbolized how the light would return after the winter solstice. The winter solstice is the darkest, shortest day of the year. So reminding yourself that light is coming is a very important theme that we still practice today. I love this next bit of information I'm about to share. So a very popular Christmas gift is Lush, Lush bath products, right? Lush has a line or a scent, a fragrance, if you will, called the Lord of Misrule. Do you guys know where that comes from? I'm about to tell you. So the Lord of Misrule was basically the leader of Saturnalia. It was a mock king that would be chosen in a household. Sometimes it would be an enslaved person, but it was definitely always a lowlier member of the household. Their responsibility would counterintuitively be to have no responsibilities at all. They would cause the chaos. They would make sure something crazy was always happening. If a Lord of Misrule could not be appointed for whatever reason, something that was done to identify them was baking cakes with coins and other tiny metal objects in them. And then whoever would get that item in their slice of cake would be the Lord of Misrule. I love that. It's reminiscent of divination we know today as charm casting. I mean, it's divination in general. And we see a lot of ties in modern society to witches and cakes, right? In the modern horror movie Midsommar, a girl bakes her pubes into a cake and gives it to the man she wants to fall in love with her. Uh, zero out of 10, do not recommend that, but <laughs> we have these connotations. Something I think is super interesting is that a lot of of resources today will say any of these pagan earth-based celebrations originated with the Celts before any other culture. Like history.com says, and I quote, Thanks to the Roman Empire's conquests in Britain and the rest of Europe from the 2nd century BC to the 4th century AD and their suppression of older seasonal rites practiced by the Celts and other groups, today's Western cultures derive many of their traditional celebrations of midwinter from Saturnalia. In the book Italian Witchcraft, Raven Grimassi argues that that is not true. He speaks obviously specifically to Italian cultures, especially Romans and Sicilians, having their own version of these rites basically from the beginning of time, and that they mainly exist being passed down through storytelling. 
So will anyone ever truly know? I'm not sure, but it's interesting to think about the way that we have so much of our historical foundation taught to us through written documents and folklore that travels by mouth and eventually gets written down is super interesting to me because nowadays everything is written, everything is digital. So I just wonder how teaching history is going to look a hundred years into our future. That's a little existential. I'm getting nervous now. Let me take a sip of my Baileys. I hope that sheds some light on a Roman-specific celebration for you, for anyone who may just have had ambiguous ideas about what Yule was and where it came from. Because I know when I first started learning witchcraft in general, everything that I found was taught and written through that Celtic pagan lens. And if nobody has told you, made this clear to you, you can be a witch that doesn't buy stock into these celebrations at all. You can be a witch that just celebrates Yule and kind of blanket terms it and pulls from whatever is relevant to you. You can just call it the solstice, you know, not related to a culture, but just call it what it is in our earth. Or you can add some of these witchy traditions to your regular Christmas or Hanukkah or the month of December. Truly make it your own and tailor it to who you are and what you believe. So now I'm going to talk about some even more fun stuff, which are winter solstice correspondence things you can use to celebrate, incorporate into your witchcraft practice, your magic, or just decorate your home with. I'm reading straight out of my Book of Shadows, so this is stuff I've compiled throughout the years and that I've found through experience work for me. I mentioned it before, lots of candles. We love light in the winter. Bring it in. With that being said, sun symbols, other fire symbols, especially as ornaments on your tree or things like that. Super fun to have. Love pine cones. I love oranges and dried oranges, especially sprinkled with cloves, cinnamon, cedar, anything that makes your home feel so warm and protected. Holly, mistletoe, wreaths, obviously. Bloodstone, emerald, ruby, lean into green and red crystals. And now I'm going to put my two cents in because you know I can't record an episode of this podcast without doing that. Just because this is the season of giving does not mean that you should give more than you're capable of because nobody wins in that situation. Even if you feel like you're spoiling another person that you really care about, if they care about you the same, they wouldn't want you to put yourself out for the sake of a gift and you're probably going to end up resenting what you did for them if it was done for the wrong reasons, like just wanting to please them, just wanting them to appreciate you or whatever, when you really didn't have the money, time, energy, or resources to do what you did. This is something I struggle with. I mean, I'm sitting here with actually $2 in my checking account (laughs) thinking about all the people in my life that I should conjure up gifts for. And you know what? Why don't I just spend time with them? Why don't I reach out and tell them what they mean to me? I don't need to send everyone a material gift to make them feel loved. I have other ways of doing that. And Christmas 2021, granted, I was going through a lot in the year 2021. (laughs) I put myself into credit card debt. That was the first time I did that. I'm not sure that it'll be the last, you know, but um, 
it was really important to me this year to not do that. I started Christmas shopping over the summer and I was able to really like budget it out. And certain friends I had exchanged gifts with in the past, I reached out to them and said, you know what? I really don't have the space for it in my budget this year. So let's get together instead. Let's celebrate in person instead. And people really appreciate that. So yeah, be creative when you think of the concept of gifts. It doesn't always have to be physical or material. And for those specifically with family issues, the holidays are really fucking hard. I know this is talked about more and more every year, and I'm grateful for that. And I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but goddamn, when you come from any type of childhood family-related trauma or abuse, it's really hard and confusing. And sometimes things trigger you that it shouldn't and that you don't realize will trigger you until it's happening. And with all that being said, I'm going through that myself and I've been going through it my whole life. So if you're feeling that way, truly know that you can reach out to me for support or for advice. My DMs are so open and I know sometimes people with podcasts will say that and you're like, oh, that's weird. I would never do that. But like so seriously, I want to foster community through this podcast. I just think there needs to be more of that. I have the space for it and I'm willing to do that, especially this time of year. So I hope you all take care of yourselves and find joy this holiday. I love you. Thank you for being here and have a very merry whatever you celebrate. Bye everyone.